Welcome everybody to episode 61 of the Football United vs Soccer City podcast. Sincere thanks to all the interviewees, listeners and the football public of the Illawarra, Australia and around the world who download this podcast. Additionally, I'd like to say thank you to the great people who contribute, comment and reminisce on the social media pages. Matt Callahan is our interviewee in episode 61. A boy from Helensburg, a town steeped in football history, Matt is a player and coach who has definitely made an imprint into our football history with his stints with Helensburg, Illawarra Junior Reps, Bulleye, Wollongong Wolves and Port Kembla. A midfielder with a nice left peg, Matt takes the listener through his footballing journey over the last four decades. It was fantastic to hear his recollections about parts of his career with some of the biggest clubs in the region. My appreciation and respect go out to him for giving up a couple of hours to record this podcast. Please enjoy episode 61. Welcome everybody to the Football United vs Soccer City podcast. I'm here in one of the best grounds in the Illawarra, Rex Jackson up at Helensburg, and I'm here with a very, very special guest in Matt Callahan. Matt, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, good to be We'll start from the beginning. Uh, what are your first memories of football? Um, over at this ground. Uh, back when... When I, was, when I started, we, Helensburg, I don't know if you remember, Helensburg never came into the local comp. We played our juniors up here under sevens and eights yep. in our own little, it was called mini soccer. So it's funny, you know, like the national curriculum started what, 15, 20 years ago, whatever, maybe not that long, but small-sided games and all that. So we were playing seven-a-side up here under sevens and eights before we, under nines, we went into the Illawarra comp down yep. there. So we never travelled outside of Helensburg. Wow. So it was good. So you could come over from, I think, about... Under five, well, I was five, I started playing, so you could play up a yep. couple of ages. So we're talking years. around 1980? Yeah, yeah, it would have been, yeah. So, yeah, I'd just come over here and you're, you're put into small teams, like you'd know, called like the Dingoes, the Wombats and things <laughs> like that. It was, it was a good setup. There's no training or anything like yep. that. Um, so I'd come over and I'd, I'd have a run with my team and then I'd, I'd sort of worked out pretty quick that if I sat around and another kid didn't turn up for their team, I'd, I'd get a run, so I'd get three or four games <laughs> each Saturday. It was really good. And then my father played for Helensburg. Yeah. Um, and, and his name is? Steve Callahan. yeah. Yep. So, yeah, he's sort of pretty well known up this way, I suppose, him and his brother, and um, he's you know, a pretty good player for the Berg back in the days. So, But back then, the main pitch now where we play, yep. where Helensburg play, that was actually the rugby league field. Right. They, this whole setup wasn't completed. It was all coal wash over the back there. Yep. So the the rugby league would play on that field, and the soccer would be going on okay. this one side by side. So when the fixtures matched up, there'd be a game going side by side. Oh, there'd wow. be a league ball flying onto the football pitch, <laughs> and vice versa. <laughs> yeah. So that was my my earliest memories of uh, you know. And any uh, mates or coaches in those early years still spring to mind? Well, my dad coached me from under nines till. Would have been under twelves. Yep. So, um, yeah, we we had a pretty good little side. So the, we left the mini soccer. We and yep. we, I think we played under nines. We started travelling down the coast, and I think under tens. You probably remember too. You're about the same yeah. age group. Under tens was a grading comp. Yeah, that's right. 
And then, uh, so yeah, we got great and we were in the first division, which was a pretty good effort for Helensburg teams back then. It was a pretty small town too at the time. Um, yeah, so we were in first division. Never really won anything, sort of, or made the final. I don't think we ever made the finals, but we were sort of just thereabouts mid-table all the time. Bialgani was always the strongest team and Dapto. But um, yeah, my dad coached us. And uh, yeah, it's funny, he's still... It was probably one one guy, Todd Prentice, that I'm still really yeah. close with from that team. Like, we grew up together, but uh, yeah, Lee Proudfoot, who I still bump into, um, I was work, working down the steelworks a couple of years ago, and a bloke came up to me, Shane Juro, hadn't seen him for years. He was in that team. It's yeah, it's funny how you know all those years you still yeah, remember people and where you bump into them. Because Helensburg, due to its geography, is really like a, a country town in a sense because. Every second week, you're once you got into the Illawarra comp, you're travelling fair distances. Sometimes um, the northern suburbs, the Illawarra, not as much. But when you go into the likes of Kiama and and down south, uh, Albion Park, it's a, it's a fair trip. So, uh, do they were they sort of good times with yourself and your dad on car trips and, and teammates? Yeah, we usually uh, yeah, it's carpooled. Yeah. yeah so yeah, it was always a car full of kids. Yeah. Um, yeah, heading down the coast. And and your positions in those early years, like like you said, the mini soccer was probably all over the place maybe, but once you got graded and whatnot, where, where did you start playing? I was a midfielder. Um, and it was... That's another funny thing I was thinking the other day. Like, Dad set this team out with a 4-3-3 back then. Yep. And, you know, years later, this national curriculum's coming on we were playing that back in that day. So I was, yeah, as part of a, um, a midfield three. Yeah. And, I, and I played, I'm left-footed, but I always played on the right side of midfield. And I had Lee Proudfoot, who was a right, he was like a flying right winger. <laughs> he was always <laughs> me winger, so I, I, I could find him easy with me left foot. And it was, yeah, it was, so, so I know my old man must have had a pretty good idea of the, you know, pretty good culture of the game, more than I probably realised at the time. And, for, and, and in terms of his career, um, uh, he played more in the 70s yeah. and, and part of a successful Helensburg team that um, won promotion from the second tier to the, the first division as it was at that time. So um, do you think, uh, was he always uh, in the game in terms of uh, do you, uh, the rest of the family have a history in the game? Well, his, his parents, I, I don't think they actually seen him play too much, but yeah. he... His older brother Michael was a good player, so he pretty much took it up just because his older brother did. He's only about 18 months older than him or something, so they're yep. pretty close in age. And um, yeah, so dad came through, he played for Helensburg, just came over, played for Helensburg, and ended up um, playing for the, went through the Illawarra representative system, yep. you know, he was captain of Illawarra. Um, and then, yeah, he played first grade at Helensburg when he was 15, <laughs> so, and then. Yeah, he, he left the Illawarra when he was... I think he played Illawarra in the 15s to come and played Helensburg after that. As years later, I ended up doing a similar sort of thing. Yeah, de- we'll, we'll definitely get to that. And and those early years as well, um, uh, the Helensburg colours, uh, uh, for the people that are around Australia that listen, um, uh, what are Helensburg's colours? Traditionally black and gold stripes. Yep. Um, we went away from it for, from a, for a few years. When I, when I, was, when I first started... Actually, that's uh, up on the wall there. There's one signed by Harry Kuhl on the wall. <laughs> but um, not that he played for us at all. But, yeah, that, so we sort of went away. It had a couple of stripes on it. But yep. it's, yeah, been traditionally, and they've come back to it in the last maybe 20 years, gone back yep. to the traditional 
uh, black and gold stripes. But it always had predominantly gold at yeah. that early junior yeah. stage. Yeah, then um, you talked about, I guess, being in mini roos and then being coached by your dad, but there was a point in time there where um, there were trials for Illawarra representative junior teams. Um, what do you recall of that experience and, and how that came about? Well, I think it was under 12s, the first uh, the rep sort of whole yep. scene started, and there was five players from that Helensburg side, five of us went down to trial. It was down at Balambi. And um, yeah, it's funny, I still remember pretty clearly, Scott Chipperfield was... He was smaller than everyone at that stage, had this little bowl haircut and everything, freckle face, but it was like streets ahead of everyone even back then. So he was sort of like, the, he was one of the ones that was automatic pick, you could tell, you know, played against him week in, week out. Um, but <laughs> the trials went over a, like a three or four week period. Yep. Anyway, I didn't make it first, past the first week, I was the first one cut. Yeah. I was devastated. Um, <laughs> Funnily enough, when we played, because you played the Illawarra and your yeah. club team back in them days, and uh, I think it was a coach Adapto was also the coach of the Illawarra team, and he come and had a shot at your dad about why I was at the Illawarra trials. <laughs> and I still remember the old man saying to him, like, you've got to be kidding, mate, he was the first kid you dropped. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that was, yeah, I missed out on that. Um, and the my other mates from Helensburg, they sort of made it further on in the trials and they, they sort of just, there was a couple of just missed out, would have been Lee Proud with that Shane Jura that I spoke about before. Yeah. They, were, they were good players, so that they just sort of missed out on that Illawarra side then. Um, yeah, if, that, if they carried on with it, they would have yeah, been good players. Like. So you, you had that, uh, I guess, initial disappointment, but then um, uh, there was a point in time where you then did make the team. And, and what was that rough age? That was under 15s, I yep. sort of... I didn't go back and trial again until under 15s, and that was because my dad coached me up until under 12s, and then I say under 13s, 14s. We weren't really coached. No, no disrespect to the guy; he actually done a pretty good job. But we, we had pretty much get him out of the pub to come down to <laughs> to, to coach us. But, um, but yeah, didn't he wasn't like a, a great knowledge of football, but he put us on the team, put us on the park, sort yeah. of organised that that sort of thing. Um, and it was his game plan was by that stage give the ball to Matt and <laughs> and it sort of makes sense how I turned out as a player to an extent I was always pretty good at taking a player on run with the ball but my passing ambition wasn't real good because <laughs> I was, give the ball to Matt and he might act like he's going to give it back because the team had weakened a bit by then players yeah. you know you get the 13s and 14s and kids drift off to rugby league and yeah. surfing and up here there's a, you know a lot of other sort of distractions so it wasn't the strongest team so yeah that was our give the ball to Matt and I'd try and run through everyone and sometimes it worked occasionally but um, yeah so and then I went after that sort of got really keen the, the 1990 World Cup yep. was on Italian 90 and um, I sort of got a new, new lease of life after watching that so I went and trialled for the Oregon for under 15s and made that team and this time it was under uh, Wayne Bradford and um, uh, what do you recall of, uh, you had a couple of years there where you, where you, you played uh, representative junior football. Um, mm. What do you recall of that time in terms of Wayne the coach or players and other games that you might have uh, experienced? Well, Wayne had us for under-15s. I went back under-17s, that was Manuel Leon had us yep. under-17s. But, yeah, Wayne was a really nice bloke. He, he was a, um, I don't think I, I realised at the time, but he was he was a fair yeah. player himself in the day. I, he, he didn't really spruik that to us or not. Um, 
really, really good bloke. It was, and for me, it was like coming out of Helensburg, who it was very Anglo sort of up here, a small yep. country town in them days, and going down, it was a real sort of um, mix of cultures, and yep. and it was really good. And it was a, for the first time for me, there was a, was a involved in a football culture. Like I could go to teammates and talk about. You know, Italian football or something <laughs> like. You remember, you'd watch Italian football on, on Sunday days, mornings. Yeah, 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 you get that. You didn't get much um, football on TV in them days, but and your teammates would know what I was talking about. Whereas up here, they'd be like, no idea, and <laughs> weren't, just weren't that into it. You know, so it was it was really good to sit, sort of get that football culture. It was the first first time I'd really had that sort of taste of it. it was... And and how did you, um, like you said, back in those days, you you play your club football on the Saturday and you play your rep football on the Sunday. Mm. Um, how did you uh, like the experience of playing against representative teams? I, I took to it really good, but so by that time it had changed. So under fifteens, yeah. So I didn't play for Helensburg anymore. I just played yep. for Illawarra on the Saturday. Um, so yeah, I, I took to it really well. I, I actually trialled for the state team that year, yep. and I was in the last two that got cut from the from the state side. And uh, and at the time, another thing too, Illawarra was in the second division. Right. They'd been relegated. So we were in the second division, the comp. So, yeah, it was good playing. And it was another sort of culture shock coming against these. I remember, like, guys like Ian Polari, who ended up playing alongside yeah. years later at Paul Kemmer. They were in the state side. And, um, yeah, some really good John Angelucci, really good players in that. And, uh, it's, yeah, it's a shame I didn't make that. I'd, I'd love to have made that new set. It would have been yeah. a little further in my cap making that side. Before we talk about um, you then sort of accelerated senior career, um, what about uh, on the weekends? Like you said, the uh, the two big sports in in Helensburg, uh, uh, football and rugby league. So did you uh, on weekends uh, go and watch the, the Thistle play? Um, this in terms of seniors, or, or did you watch the league, or, or you just yeah, out about? Yeah, at that age, say about twelve, thirteen, uh, a few kids start drifting off to rugby league, which is. A shame because they play it for a couple of years and then they give it away and they're not playing anything. Yeah, still happens today, I reckon. But um, yeah, Helensburg had a really good side. The '87, they Craig Rogers come down and coached yeah. them. And I, I remember, I think my dad pointed him out to me like as a kid, like watch this bloke. And um, yeah, he was he was like the class. He was the big name there. But they were a good side, and there was a few. So there's a lot of guys, I think, that played for Sutherland yep. in the State League, and then Helensburg itself had a few really good players. So it ended up being a really good side. And I, I remember going down to watch the grand final at Taraji, yeah, at Fernhill, down to Taraji Park. Um, yeah, I think they might have won it 4-0 or something from there. Yeah, I think they did the double that year. Yeah, it's going back in. But, yeah, yeah. but um, yeah, they were a really good side. And I actually remember I, I might have been about, I was under-12s or 13s or something like that. Craig Rogers come over. They got him to come over and watch us play when I was yep. just playing for juniors over here. And um, he come and spoke to us at half time, and he gave me a bit of a rap. So I was pretty chuffed with that too. Was, you, know, you know what it's like when you're a kid. Yeah, you go and watch these guys, your heroes, aren't they? Well, he had pedigree with the uh, old NSL, so um, yeah. you know, it, and um, that was, uh, I guess, this is a, a, an anniversary year, I think, with, with Helensburg, or so, they're about to yeah, celebrate it. 125 years. So um, yeah. you know, those sort of uh, eras are definitely being remembered and. And, and rightly so. Uh, for you, um, in in 1991, um, you're playing under 15s with Illawarra, mm -hmm. and then um, you know you are a young bloke. But then um, at the latter part of the uh, Illawarra senior soccer season, you're, you're then registered in, in August, and 
and in the last round of the year, you, you then made your, your youth grade debut, and then you made a first grade debut as well. Uh, can you talk a bit about that in, in 91? It's, it's funny, I don't know, I was just naive, or I just had a whole, a real lot of front about me for a young kid, but I'd been over here as when I was in the 14s playing for Helensburg, and I'd come over and joined him with youth grade training yep. a couple of times. And yeah, so there was, I'd sort of been around him a little bit, and then I'm not exactly sure how it came about. We finished the Illawarra season, and I, I don't know how you, you, I don't think you could do it in these days, like nah. register for someone that late in the season, but I, I actually started, it was the last comp game, youth grade were going to make the finals, so they've signed me up to play in the finals for the youth grade. <laughs> anyway, it was, against, it was against Berkeley, and I've, I started in youth grade, and... I, was, I went all right, didn't set the world on fire. I thought I was going all right. Anyway, I've got dragged at half time. <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh, that's a bit harsh, but yeah, all right. And then um, I said, no, you, you're starting in for Jimmy. Jimmy Kloss was a first grade coach. Okay. Um, real character, Scott, Scotsman. Um, Love the game, passionate about the game. He said, no, he wants you to start in first grade. <laughs> so I was, yeah, I was stoked with that. I was actually pretty <laughs> nervous too, but um, yeah. And, and what are your memories of uh, your first grade debut at 15 and, and probably wasn't in your head at the start of the season but ended up that way? Far from it, yeah. To be honest, I don't... I didn't... I, I, like, I wouldn't have been a standout in that game. Yeah. I don't remember too much about the game. To be honest, I, it's funny the things that stick in your head. I remember before the game, I didn't know... I knew Trent Luck. He was about three years older than me. Yep. Um, I, I knew... Knew who the players were, but I yeah. wouldn't say that. And Gary Ashburner was in that side, and he's another one that my old man had pointed out to me. He was like, "What you spoke playing? Really nice first touch, you know? Them players that always got time yeah. on the ball, knock a great pass. Yeah, what you spoke." So Gary was sort of a bit of my hero at that stage. Anyway, they were laughing at me because I had this. He had to supply your own shorts back in them days, <laughs> so I had. To, and Gary wore they had these like you know the checker shorts. You remember yeah. them? Gary had a pair of them, and so did I. And, Gary had these Nike Air boots, and yeah, so did I. And they were laughing at me, and it was actually true. That was because he was sort of me, a little bit of me here, I suppose. But, yeah, I remember sort of having a little laugh at me before the game about that. But um, yeah, I think I held my own in that game without yep. without standing out. But, yeah. And it must have been, I, I guess, uh, like you said, and we talked uh, a few moments before about that sort of. You know, your dad had done the same thing, and mm. and um, and now you were doing it as well. So that must have, uh, probably not at the time, but reflecting on it now, uh, must be a, a pretty cool thing as well. Yeah, yeah, it's it's funny. Yeah, like I probably didn't pay it too much attention at the time, but yep. um, yeah, uh, I I don't know. I, I probably should have stayed at Helensburg the following year. Um, yeah, well, I, I guess <coughs> that's my next question because the the next year in '92, you. You then played in under 17s in the Illawarra mm. and, and, and had the season there. But uh, was it a thought at that time to, to stay with uh, the Berg? Yeah, I don't, I don't think it was. I, I, I think because I'd sort of broke into the Illawarra system yep. and I really enjoyed it. Yep. So the year, what happened then, yeah, there was no one to 16, so you went from under yep. 15s to 17. So I was going up in age. And they were a good side. There was the Marola twins yep. in that side, um, Dave Kerr, John Angelucci was in it. Um, yeah, so I think it was this sort of chance to play in that Illawarra because that was you, know, you took pride in playing for Illawarra too. Yeah. So um, yes, yeah, so, I don't know development wise. I'm, I may have been better off staying at Helensburg. I'm not really sure, but um, 
And, and what about that um, year in 17s? So like you said, you, you're playing in an age group above mm. um, where you should be, and, and as well as that, you're playing with some, you know, the Marolas, you know, Angelucci, you're talking Dave Kerr, an extremely good good defender and a good player. So mm. that must have been very good for the development anyway. It was, yeah, I, I'll, probably for the first time in a while, I went in, I was in a side where I, I wasn't a big fish yep. in a small pond, sort of. I was the younger one, um, so I, I was—I didn't have a great season. I was—I was a bit of a fringe player. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, it wasn't the best sort of season. Um, and how did that play in your mind at the time? Were you sort of uh, like some of us when we're younger, when we're sort of, you know, we we have our own thoughts about where we should be, and and you probably thought, well, maybe I should be starting, or. Um, I think in my own mind, I probably. I didn't feel too hard done by. I yeah. probably, yeah, I, like I, I had a few good games, but I, I was probably realistic that I, and even just sort of personality-wise, you're coming into that team that's already been a functioning team, yep. and you're one of two new kids that come into it, and you're younger, so you just got to find your way. Um, yeah, I was still positive about it, but I, I just wasn't, yeah, I, I certainly wasn't an integral part of that team. <laughs> probably best way of putting it, yeah. And the following year, '93. I guess you could have, you, you may have had the opportunity to stay with Illawarra, but you then joined Bulleye mm. um, in in the Illawarra Premier League. So, uh, what was the decision making there in, in going to Bulleye, and how did you get there? Well, I, when we were in uh, the Illawarra team, we'd we'd play our home games at local district yep. grounds. It was generally Fern Hills ground we'd, yep. we'd use, but a few times we we played at Bulls Paddy, and. Um, yeah, for people that know Balls Paddock, it's a it's a really it's even better now. But it was, yeah. it's it's a really nice setup. It's a good club, um, sort of good little atmosphere. You know, you, you yeah. have five hundred people in that ground that feel like you're playing in front of five thousand. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, that was I didn't know anyone there. Yeah. That was a, an incentive to so that yeah, it was just the incentive was to go down and play at that ground, and I sort of seen that it was a good sort of club. Gary Ashburner from Helensburg had, yeah. had actually moved to Bulleye to yeah. go out and play in Premier League by that stage. Um, yeah, so I just I remember fronting up down there, and I, like I, I'd played that one game with Gary, yep. but I, I was, like I didn't travel down with him. I didn't have his phone number or anything like that. I wasn't <laughs> we weren't, wasn't like I was his mate, so I didn't really know him. To he wasn't that wasn't the reason I went down there. He didn't drag me down or anything. But um, I remember fronting up, and we would we were train at Bulleye Park, yeah. and I just fronted up with me boots. Didn't have joggers or anything. We were doing a road run, so I've got no joggers to do this road run or along the cycleway there at Bulleye yeah. and uh, Stephen Hammersley who was a really good player for Bulleye in his time in his own right yeah. you know, and um, he was a reserve grade coach there and he he come over and he introduced himself and um, said oh Matt Callahan." straight away he, was going, he said I remember I still remember saying Michael or Steve's son and <laughs> like Steve's and he's like yeah oh, come here. he got me a pair of shoes went for a run and <laughs> And I fitted in at Bulleye straight away, though. Good club, took me under their wing. Um, yeah, Colo was, was the youth grade coach there. Yeah. And Dick Evans had the first grade, an Englishman that was coaching first grade there. Yeah, so what do you remember of that year? Like, uh, I have the stats that you, you played the full season. Uh, eight goals, two hat-tricks um, against Russellville, round four, Rilla in round uh, 11. And then uh, a couple of first grade off-the-bench appearances... Uh, in first grade, so um, you know you must have been pretty stoked with with that decision because, like you said, they're a strong club and and a really inclusive club as well. Mm. Well, the pre-season I played first grade. Yep. 
Um, and I sort of had, didn't even really meet the youth grade players for the whole pre-season. And then once the, the competition kicked off, and Bulli was a strong side, they had, they had five players in the, in the Illawarra representative side that season, so it was a, it was a strong side. Um, and uh, to be fair, the youth grade side we weren't that good a side. <laughs> um, it was like, I, look back, I still look back, it was one of the most enjoyable seasons I've had a really good bunch of blokes, probably overachieved. We, I think we made the finals that year. Yeah. Um, and, and don't get me wrong, there were some good players in there yeah. too. Adam Hammersley, Dean Pearce, Dave Forshaw. Um, there was Matthew Poker, who I played all the way under 15, so he was, he was in that side. Um, Carl Owens was... He was a good coach. He, I don't... He sort of... I don't really recall that he taught me a great deal, but he, yeah. he really... He set out the side... And I was really allowed to express myself really well. Um, and because of where I'd come from, I still remember Wayne Bradford coaching me back in under-15s, Laura. He goes, look, I appreciate where you've come from, but can you just try and pass the ball a little bit more occasionally? <laughs> anyway, but Cole was... So I was, by the time I was playing at Bulli under Cole, I was, I, was, I was a bit better at you know, trying to pass the ball a bit more, but um, he still let me express myself. Yep. Yeah, it was a really good season. I really enjoyed it. And you, and you were playing in the midfield in that team. Yeah, as as an attacking midfielder. Yeah. And and what about the um, uh, first grade uh, debut um, off the bench? Uh, I, I think uh, the first one was round eleven versus uh, Rorilla, and and that was at um, Falls Paddock as yeah. well. So you must have been, although you had a taste of it in pre-season, it must mm. have been pretty stoked. Like you said, it's a it's a wonderful facility, a, a great. Yeah. A great football ground, really. Yeah, I remember it fairly well, actually. And I remember the difference between the intensity of a pre-season yeah. to the just sitting there watching when once the competition had started. It was the whole the tempo was there was a lot more meaning to it, basically. And I remember sitting there. Minio Bonatig was playing for Arilla, and I was that was the first time I'd seen him because yeah. I'd, I'd never been to any Wolves games to watch or anything yeah. as a as a kid. And um, so he'd been playing NSL and. Back playing with Rilla in the in the winter, you know, the yeah. summer and so on, and I was I was just watching Minio, thinking, oh wow, what how good is this bloke? <laughs> and then um, I can't remember exactly what stage of the game or when I was like, yeah, going in midfield, <laughs> and it was for me it was oh, what I remember is the tempo. It was yep. just really quick. I copped a few, if you copped a few knocks, um, yeah. Didn't exactly set the world on fire from memory, but uh, yeah, I might, I might have went alright. I don't know, but yeah, it was just the tempo and and uh, yeah, was, that was the big memory for him was Minio, how good he was. And uh, for people that don't know, it, it's not just a wonderful ground; it's sort of sunken in a sense, and and has a, a grandstand and a great sort of clubhouse and whatnot. But the the change rooms as well, you're sort of up above the ground. Yeah. And, um, when you have a shower, you can. You can, uh, yeah, well, I'd never played first grade that much, so I know that when I was in reserves or youth, you could watch the following game in the showers and stuff. And yeah. when you walk down, it has that sort of real, I guess, English presence about it. Um, so for you, uh, was that just a buzz to be around a club like that? Yeah, it was. I was actually, I've seen someone on Instagram, Andrew Harrow, recently. He, he never played football or anything like that, but he, he played over 35s there the other yeah. night, and he, he described it as the Anfield of the Illawarra. And I thought, oh, I like that, and it's. It's certainly not air, but it has that sort of got that little yeah. atmosphere about it. It's a great ground. So, and and what about uh, Richard Evans? Because you must have been uh, uh, fairly flattered early on in the season. Then a couple of appearances as well that he, you know, included as part of training and, and pre-season mm. and a couple of games as well. Yeah. So he got um, 
he got the Wolves youth team job yep. the, for that summer, and so he invited me down to to trial for that, or pretty much invited me. I knew I was going to be in the side. Yeah. So um, yeah. So that was good. That was that. Was, I had two years in the Wolves youth team. And so uh, so what was that like? That yeah. Um, uh, I guess it's not. Um, you know, it's one of those ones where he's probably. Um, for outsiders, maybe people turn up for trials and they go, well, am I in or I'm not? But you had a sort of inside lane based on playing with him, training with him, and he'd assessed you at that point for the whole season. So you must have been, I guess, pretty happy that you're, you're going into this NSL setup. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, at the Illawarra, I guess any competition, you know the players you play against and all that sort of stuff. So yeah. all the guys fronting up there to... Um, to trial and, and uh, without sounding on myself, I sort of did dominate in the youth grade that yeah. year a little bit. I had a really good season, really enjoyed it. So I was, yeah, and I was going into that age group. So it was, yeah, I was I was confident going that side, had a really good first season, got called up to train with first grade a, f- a few times, um, which was uh, pretty daunting, I suppose. But, yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, re- really enjoyed that first season at the Wolves. And, and was there a difference um, in, in what Richard would do with, say, Bulleye first grade and, and what he would do with you guys in terms of training sessions or, or game day tactics? No, it was pretty much, yeah, it was all similar. So I guess going into that Wolves youth team too, I, I knew the, the way he wanted to play. Instead, of, he played me more on the left in that Wolves youth team. Um, that happened a lot with me in my career, though, because left-footed, you always need a usually short of left-sided player, but... My favourite position was always in the middle of the park and yep. generally in teams that went well I was usually playing in the middle of the park but I was happy playing the left. I was always pretty good one-on-one too so that, you know, they put me on the left wing and a bit more room to take players on out there, that sort of thing. So, yeah, I certainly didn't mind it. Um, and, and what about that NSL Youth League? Uh, how, how was the, the tempo, the, the abilities of, of the other teams and whatnot? How, how was that in your mind? Yeah, I, I took to it really well. Um, it was it was a good standard there were and you you were getting the the three over age players coming back from yeah. the first grade too so you, I, I remember playing like Peter Catholis and that the guys that had played for Australia and that yeah. that they, they, they were coming back and they were coming back from injury or they were, but yeah I got to play against guys like that and um, yeah it was but I, yeah I, I had a pretty good season I played well happy with how I went and um, yeah to get sort of just called up to even train with first grade that's yeah, you said it was daunting. Um, obviously, being a, a younger man, it's it's hard coming into a, a first grade setup. You, you've done it at Bulleye, so yeah. I guess it's similar in some respects, but it's different when we're talking NSL. So, um, uh, what's the first training session like when you're, you're turning up, and getting called up? It's a fast learning curve, like oh, except when I first come on against Rula. Yeah, and um, and then you're doing it, you're getting called up, like you're training with youth grade. Someone must have pulled out, someone injured or something. Dave Ratcliffe calls you over, yours out, and you're like, Dave Ratcliffe was real businesslike, I guess. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say I know the man really well, I got to know yeah. him in all that, but he was just very businesslike. Um, yeah, Matt, over here, get in there, this, in this side, put this bib on, and then um, see you like Matt Horsley, Claude Cellini, <laughs> Charlie Yankos comes over, introduces himself, and like, <laughs> he goes, oh, Hi, I'm Matt, you know, I'm Charlie. I'm like, yeah, I know, and all, all I'm thinking of is that goal he scored against Argentina yeah. probably four years beforehand or whatever. <laughs> yeah, so I was probably a little bit starstruck then, but um, and then the game starts and it was like the training. This is just a training game, and 
that's the most physical thing. Sasha the mosque, he's like, you've been warned, be careful of Sasha, he'll, he'll, he'll whack you. Because he, he was like the, I think he played NSL when he was 15. Yeah. You know, he was real, he's a year or two older than me, Sasha. Um, yeah, Minio was there again. And um, yeah, just, I'm, I actually remember the, in the, the first little training game, I went by someone, I went past Claude Cellini and just grabbed his shirt. When it was, the, the training was actually harder than the game. There was no referees and everyone's fighting for a spot. And they don't, give, they don't care if you're a nice young 17-year-old boy. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to take their spot. So it's, but I loved it. Yeah, it was good. And, and it really uh, probably set you up, I guess, as, as a footballer because in, in after that NSL season, then you went back to, um, uh, back to Bulleye. Um, who were who are now being coached by John Frew, mm. and and that year you were uh, in the majority of the year you were first grader. So, um, uh, what do you recall of, of going back there? Yeah, well, in that, that year, that was year. So I would have been eighteen, I guess. Yeah, eighteen. Yep. Um, yeah, and I c- cemented my spot as a first grader in the Illawarra Premier League, I guess. So um, again, probably you know not setting the world on fire, but uh, yeah, I held my own anyway. Yeah, it was. A pretty good year. And what was John like? Because I think he'd had an earlier stint there some years before and then had come back to the club. So yeah. so what do you recall of his coaching? He knew the club really well. He was a um, really nice guy. It was sort of different, you know, you talk about Dave Ratcliffe's and, and their real business. Dave Ratcliffe <laughs> walks in the room and is like, the boss. Yeah. <laughs> Especially, I don't know, it was just for us younger guys or whatever. <laughs> yeah, these you, you sort of pull your head right in. Um, yeah, but say John Frew and that sort of real nice guys, a lot more personable. Um, to be fair, I was probably I was probably a little bit of hard work for him too. Yep. Um, but he handled me well. Yeah, he was a really good bloke, good coach. Yeah, and he had a good side there. And what about the I guess the learnings as a footballer because it'd be slightly different in NSL youth um, and who you play against, apart from the three over age players versus a seasoned. Uh, season guys in the IPL so um, yeah. what, what were the slight differences that you noticed? You're playing in the National Youth League like there's some yeah you're coming up some against some really good players like Ante Milicic and I played against them and um, but yeah you, you say going back to play the Premier League it's, it's not a drop in standard like they're, they're, especially in them days there were some good yeah. there was a lot of guys that have played NSL there's in their own right that sort yeah, of thing previous NSL players and then players in the NSL that are having their yeah. off-seasons as well. and tough too. There was tough players. like oh, Warren Baker was on my side at Bulleye, yeah. and I was scared of him. <laughs> he was he was a very good player, but and he, he was very demanding of, of, of his own sort of players around him. Um, Steve Forshaw from the Wolves was, yeah. you know, he was coming back to play for Bulleye. Like I said, that there was five Illawarra representatives in that team, so it was, yeah, it was good to be part of that team. Um, Stuart Glass, Rodney Patterson, how good a player was he? Stuart, Stuart Glass, he was, he was hard. Like I remember he came and trialled with the Wolves the following year in the, for the first grade and we were playing. And like he's my mate who played Bulleye with him the year before. Went through me in this tackle. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, so that, yeah, certainly it's not a drop going from uh, the National Youth League back to playing. So I was still on a learner curve, I'll yeah. put it that way, playing first grade for Bulleye that year. And, and what about um, uh, blokes like, let's talk a bit about, say, Warren Baker, for example, who had a, had a great career and is well-known in the area. What sort of player was he? Can you tell the listener about him? And, and like you said, being a, a teammate, you can sort of give an insight about how demanding he was in terms of benchmarks. And Technically, very good, great first touch. 
um, woke up dreaming of a 50-50 tackle, loved a 50-50. Um, yeah, but yeah, demanding of his teammates and, and that sort of thing. Um, yeah, it would, he wouldn't run too far chasing a bad pass from you. <laughs> but uh, I, I remember we were playing Cringilla at Balls Paddock one night and I've given away a free kick about 35 metres out and Bakes has torn into me. And I'm like, as an 18, I'm thinking, get over it. Like, Anyway, remember Sifko Hustrovsky yeah. played for Cringelli, a good NSL career himself. Anyway, I'm in the wall and I've heard this ball whistle past me here as it's on its way to the top corner <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh, that's why Bakes was into me. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, it was, it's, it's still a learning curve, isn't it, when you, you know, even in Illawarra Premier League, it's certainly, like I said, not a step, step down. No, definitely not. <clears throat> so at the end of that 94 IPL season and then you went back to to NSL there um, for, for another season. So was Richard Evans still the coach and, and, and Dave Ratcliffe was still on board, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. <clears throat> um, Dick Evans, he'd, he'd been let go by Bull and gone to Lysarts yeah. and wanted me to go with him. And I didn't. So I don't know, I'd, I'd sort of... The start of that year, I was training with first grade. I, I, I come on in, the, it was an NSL Cup. Yeah. Um, against New South Wales under 23. So I was, I was sort of on the fringe. I was knocking at the door. I don't think I was going to be, yeah. like, really breaking into the side that year or anything like that. But um, I sort of found myself a little bit on the outer in the youth team after yep. through that year. And then by the, by the end of it, it was me and Adrian Thompson. He's a really good goalkeeper. Um, he ended up doing an apprenticeship in England with Walsall. Yeah. But he, uh, we, we were both on the fringes there for a little bit in that second year after being on the fringe of cusp of first grade but yeah we end up there and the Dave Ratcliffe left the Wolves after that and um, I, which was a shame but I'd, I'd been offered a, a contract to stay with them for the following season and it was a small contract which, which was fair yeah. enough too and I didn't take it because yeah. uh, Ratcliffe had moved on to Sydney Olympic I think it was and they'd bought in Bertie Mariani yeah. um, and I didn't go back and it's, yeah, it's sort of, it's a, a it's something that sort of, I, I don't, I regret, it's a regret yeah. that I've got, because I'm not saying that I, I would have made it in the NSL or anything like that, but I certainly wasn't a Scott Chipper filter and all that, but <clears throat> there's certainly a lot worse players than Scott Chippers yeah. yeah. But it was more the fact that I, I don't know, I didn't really try. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's probably one regret. I probably didn't realise how good I had it at the Wolves, yep. or how much I appreciate the time. Plus, I was working in Sydney, and you know things get a little outside of football a little bit tough. But you know, you, we talk about you hear players, all the great players have made these sacrifices, and <laughs> that's what they're talking about. I, I just didn't really. I was probably naive not not to go back there and at least try it. Well, there's not many people. Uh, <coughs> uh, you know, it's a smaller percentage than you know a lot of parents these days think. Uh, after a good local season or sort of junior rep scene that you know they can uh, reach the stars but it's it's not the case at all and it's a small percentage but you did make an NSL uh, debut like you said against uh, New South Wales under 23s in a cup game so for me that's a that's a senior debut and, and a game so do you recall much about it and were you excited at the time? Yeah um, I had a foot injury going into it and yeah. I didn't I was too excited. There's no way I was going to let that opportunity slip. So I did so. I just, <laughs> I just put up with it. Um, yeah, I come on. I think I, I remember my instructions where I went on to the right side of midfield. Yep. And uh, I remember uh, Dave Ratcliffe saying, you know, just take him and get down the line. If you, if you don't want to cross with your, your right, cut back and use your left. But um, 
Yeah, I'll, I'll help me out in that. In that scene. You're surrounded by good players. So in a way, when you, you go up in a level like that, but you're surrounded yeah. by other good players, it can actually be a little bit easier sometimes. It's like, I recall when I was one of the training sessions I had with them, um, we are doing a crossing drill, and I'm on the left, and I'm knocking in these crosses, and there's, you're in with good players, right? And they're, they're finishing these like headers, bang, hitting the back of the net. And it's making, you, it's making your crosses look good, really. And every, I remember every time I knocked one in, like checking to see Dave Ratcliffe seen that and he, hadn't, he was looking somewhere else hadn't seen it and then of course you float one in and he, he tears into you for it but yeah that's the thing you're around good players so it, it lifts you and it, it sort of makes things a little bit easier to an extent as well because it is a, um, a definite effect in football that when you're around quality you know even you know it raises the tide of every other sort of ship in, in that sort of little uh, definitely yeah little bay or whatever because you you must have seen that yourself a, a yeah. few different times at the different clubs you've been at. You learn more off the really good senior players around you than, well, in my case anyway, than I have off any coach. Yeah. You know, I've, I've taken in more off players, senior players. Yeah. Uh, 95, like you said, uh, other things are happening in your life in terms of your, your work life and whatnot. And, and was that part of the, the decision-making to, to go back in 95 back to your home club in, in Collinsburg Thistle? Uh, yeah, but it was the biggest factor was that it was their centenary year, 95. Yep. Um, I wanted to be part of that. I was hoping you were going to say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. so it was, it was a big deal. Um, my dad was president up here yep. at the time too, so that sort of played a part in it. Um, and I was, like Gary Ashburn had come back up here. From, he, he'd been playing at Bullock with me. and We had a good side. Um, yeah, so that... It was, and it was a job. Yeah, I, don't, I don't regret doing it. It was, yeah. Yeah, it was good. So, uh, like I said, uh, I won't go through a, a history lesson, but uh, Helensburg is steeped in history, you know. Um, uh, 1890s are uh, really taking it to the Sydney teams in, in, in their competitions, playing in the Gardner Cup, which is like the uh, FFA Cup or FA Cup now in Australia, uh, in sort of metropolitan Sydney, but Newcastle and, and Illawarra teams would compete. And, you know, uh, I think Andy Ray, uh, a Helensburg player, Went to uh, New Zealand representing New South Wales, which was pretty much an Australian team back then. Um, Gardner Cup finalists in 1910. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, a, a club very much steeped in history. So it, it is something that you should be proud of and, and it was great that it was part of your decision making. Yeah, well, um, well we talked about a, a couple of weeks back, wasn't it? Yeah. Helensburg was the 10th oldest club in yeah. the country. So yeah, it was, and like being a junior here, it was... It was it was an easy easy decision really to to come back up here and um, we had plans of we had aspirations to make get promoted to Premier League too. And and what do you recall of um, uh, I think you had Paul Tyne in that first year and and um, uh, you're in the the second tier. Mm. Um, uh, what were the sort of noticeable differences that you saw in in I guess at, at Helensburg but the other clubs you were playing against? It was still a, a fairly good competition. There was. Say there was the Illawarra Premier League was a really good comp. The first division there was there was some sort of guys that were maybe just a bit past their best in yep. the Premier League. Some good young guys coming through too. So it was still a fairly some of the names that I played against in that playing in that first division comp. Then um, I probably didn't give it enough credit at the time, but they were they were, they were big names back in their day too. Around yep. you know, throughout the Illawarra, so. Um, yeah, and playing for Helensburg, again, I was, I 
I was only 19 years old, but I, I, I took on a sort of more of a senior role in that team. Um, and we talk about the 87 side. There were still yeah. a few guys that played in that 87 side when I was a kid. Like oh, Tony, really? Tony Van Zyl, Danny Blanche, John Smith, Brett Plumridge come back. So it was, there was four or five of them from, like, when I was a kid watching yeah. them play. So that was an incentive too to come back. And they'd played with my father. <laughs> and then I'd been watching them and then I ended up playing with them as well. So, yeah, it was, it was good. It was a really enjoyable year. I think we finished uh, maybe third or something. Just missed out on promotion that year. Because uh, I think you get that in uh, suburban football around Australia is that um, uh, people that have, uh, I guess, played with, you know, your dad um, or an uncle or something like that and then, then you play with them, it, it does uh, mean a lot and it sort of is part of community football, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's And just for me growing up, like I said, you, you're coming over and you're watching that 87 side and, and then few years later it goes pretty quick you're playing alongside these guys <laughs> you had another couple of years there and um uh, 96 uh wasn't overly successful a lot of draws in that year but 97 um uh, your dad had come back on uh, uh, he was on the committee i think the year before as mm. secretary but as the president in 97 and, okay. and you had um a gentleman gary ashburner that you talked about before um can you talk a bit about that season and, and talk a bit about Gary as a player and as a coach? Yeah, well, pretty, I was really good friends with Gary by that, by that stage. Um, but really good player, really, really nice first touch. Um, pass for the ball was, was a fantastic pass for the ball. I've got this story about him when we were playing at Bulleye and he was, he was playing as a, as a centre-back at Bulleye and I'm on the left. And you know sometimes when you play wide and the, the way the game's going, you don't get much ball yeah. out there. You can be... When Gary was playing, I'd be like, will you stop giving me the ball? I want to break. <laughs> anyway, and you know when the, you're playing a ball and the sun's just sitting over the escarpment there and you can't really see. Anyway, yeah. Gary's got the ball and I've made this run. Anyway, I've lost it in the sunlight and it's landed on my foot, literally landed on my foot. <laughs> my first touch has learned about me, perfect first touch. I didn't even know about it. <laughs> That's how pass it. But um, yeah, he, so he was a really good player. Um, we had a really good. It was like we were all. Because he was player coach. Player coach, yeah. So and so he played at the back, um, but it was like a really good group of mates. Yeah. As as far as functioning as a football team, we were probably too good a bunch of mates, you know. <laughs> but um, it was like I think the side pretty much picked itself week in week out for yeah. Gaz. He, he he put on good sessions. Um, yeah, he, he was. Yeah, it was like, it was funny, it was like being coached by your mate, and it's, it's, you think sometimes that's not going to work, but it, just the, I don't know, the, the makeup of that team, it, it really worked for us, and we had a good year, and we won, that's the year we won the grand final, yeah. yeah. So, uh, that year, there, there was a couple of uh, decent teams, such as Kemble Warra, that, um, you know, you finished second that year behind them, and, and they put a, um, they're a Portuguese club, and, and they were really sort of, pushing to get back into Premier League and that was sort of, they were on the cusp of a, a dominant period for them. Mm, absolutely. Um, so they were really, uh, like yourselves, probably, you know, potentially a Premier League but teams that, that were sort mm. of competing that year. So yeah. what do you remember of them as a, as a team that year? We, we battled with them all year. It was, it was, always, it was always going to come down to the two of us. Um, they had Luke Chonomoski, Tony Sekulowski, Paul Gaffney. Yeah, um, yeah they, had, they had a good side too. And yeah, that's who we went in the grand final. And what do you recall of, of that day? Uh, Brandon Park, 
it was played on the same day as the NRL Grand Final. So generally when Helensburg makes a, any team in Helensburg makes a Grand Final, but uh, the half, half the town goes and watches. But so the Rugby League Grand, the NRL Grand Final, whatever it was, I've been on the same day, put a bit of a dint in that. It was about five degrees. It was a howling southerly <laughs> wind at, at Brandon Park. It was actually a really scrappy game. We played poorly. Um, and to be fair, I think we were lucky to equalise to, and, and send the game into extra time and it went to penalties. And uh, did you take a penalty in that game? Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I stepped up to take the fourth penalty. Yep. To, I could have won it. Yep. And I missed. I put it wide. And what were you, in that instant, instantly in that moment, were you just totally devastated? Devastated, yes. Because like, yeah. you, you might have, you had the opportunity and yeah. it might slip now. Yeah, and then um, my only reassurance was Simon Bofields was stepping up number five. Really good player, Simon Bofields. Played NSL in his time as well. Missed. So it went to the sixth line. And uh, I remember Bradley Bell. He's probably the best player in Helensburg history as far as I'm concerned. He stepped up and he took... I don't know why he was taking number six. He wasn't in the first five, but he, he <laughs> stepped up and uh, scored number six to, to win to win it for us, yeah. And I guess uh, football's uh, probably only one of those games where you can, I guess, in a matter of minutes, sort of really hit a huge low and then just spring isn't right it? back yeah, up, the isn't Yeah, am- the amount of motions you can go in a game of football, yeah, it's amazing. That was one of them, yeah. And uh, I'm assuming... and. Uh, pretty uh, easy there that it was just huge celebrations because it was a sort of I guess a friendship group not just a team that you yeah. were playing with yeah well I don't know if we were actually getting paid at that stage or yeah if, if we were it wasn't much um, yep. I actually remember when I come back from the Wolves my first game <laughs> I got a it was $50 man of the match award and the old man was president and took it off me and he goes that's going towards your rego so <laughs> so yeah, and it, like there was, yeah, it was it was well celebrated that that season. Yeah, look, because we were such a a, t- a close group of friends. Yeah, and and you did, um, uh, I guess. Uh, did you go back up the next year into Premier League? You went into Premier League, yeah. Because yeah, both teams had the opportunity. So uh, for you, um, I guess the the football was great, the the team members and whatnot, but. Was a good sort of getting back amongst the IPL and, and giving it a crack from an individual. Yeah, although the season didn't go that well for us, um, we, you know, when you have these teams and there's normally a couple of w- real weak teams, or yep. it was kind of pretty level sort of competition that, that year from memory. But we we were just sort of at the bottom. We got relegated that year, unfortunately. But um, yeah, it was. It was for me. I, going back, if I was really chasing the career for it, leaving the Wolves and then not going back. To as a nineteen, yeah, I say nineteen to, and I was, and then I was twenty-two, I think, yep. by this stage. Their development years, they're really important. Yeah, I, I probably didn't appreciate that at the time, knowing what I know now. So, I'd, instead of progressing my game, while whilst I had a really good time up here socially and. Some really good times. Um, as far as career decisions, probably wasn't the best ones, but yeah, I, I don't regret. I had some really good years, so yeah, I, I wouldn't change that grand final win or anything like that. No. But it must have been, although a tough year, it, it must be great 
you know, being back in the Premier League and seeing Premier League clubs having to travel up here as well and yeah. and, and play some home games here against them? Well, I'd, I'd always, like, I didn't leave Bulleye in bad terms or anything like that, yep. so I was, I was always on, um, and we, I remember we played Bulleye up here and we beat them one game. Um, but the baptism of fire was Port Kembler up here, <laughs> um, first round. And I think they beat us 5-1. I was... It's the only time I recall being beaten 5-1. We were, that were, they were just too good. It was like from the first five minutes, I was like, wow, the, the tempo that they were playing at. And they, it, was a, it, was, it was a fringe NSL side they had. Everyone, yep. you know, there was players that were on the fringe of making in the NSL, playing for Port Kempton days, and there was Jock Moore, Lando, Minio, Bonatig. Um, who else did they have? Oh, it was a, it was a good side. It was a cavalcade of stars, yeah, that's what it yeah. was. And, and, and the coach as well. It, in terms of um, that year, uh, Craig Juice, Druce, um took the team that year. Mm-hmm. So uh, was Gary still playing, or had he stepped aside, or, or what had happened there? Yeah, no, Gary was still playing. He, he sort of um, he just stepped down from the from the coaching, just to sort of he was sort of up in the air a bit. There was a few players were up in the air about. It was a bit disappointing in the fact that we'd we'd won the first division, gained promotion. And then a few guys undenied whether they were going to actually play the next yeah. year, and it was it was a bit disappointing from you know, from such a tight group. That <clears throat> anyway, we all end up playing Simon Bowfields and all that sort of stuff. We had a, Sean Freestone, who had a bit a bit of NSL pedigree behind him, come down. Um, yeah, I think if we knuckled down, we we didn't give a, we didn't see you know, fulfil that potential. Best probably yeah. the best way of putting it that year. So that's more disappointing. Like yeah. You get relegated, and it's like you haven't really given it your best. That's the most disappointing. Yeah. So, that le- to be honest, that left a bit of a bad taste in my mouth that we hadn't done our best. So I was I was looking to, to leave after that. And how did it come about that you know the nice segue before when you mentioned the the first round uh, uh, shellacking you got from Paul Kemble? But how did uh, you joining that that club come about? Well, the <clears throat> the hiding we got off Paul Kemble up here. I just still remember like the way they pressed the ball, and with no time in the ball, it wouldn't give you an inch. But um, yeah, I think it was four or five when they beat us. But the the goal we did score, Sean Freestone scored it. But I'd I'd made a run about forty metre run to you know, to lay up the pass off yep. for him. So I think they noticed me then, and then we played him in a, I think it was it was an away game. Down, it was a night game down. There. It may have been a Bantam Cup game, and I scored a really good goal against them. And then um, so obviously Adrian Olsen was sitting there watching that, and. Um, was I, at the district presentation night, you know, the big presentation yeah. night at the frat. I went to that, and uh, with, I was on the Helensburg table, and, and Noddy being the big personality is, <clears throat> he's walked past the table in front of him, shook me hand, yep. said, Can you introduce him, and then he said out loud in front of him, he goes, I'm not one for chasing other team's players, but I want that kid, or something else. <laughs> Just, <clears throat> anyway, um... Yeah, so that was sort of the first interest in, or when I knew if there was interest from Paul Kembler. And, and what are you thinking? Because you're still a, a younger man and, and, and this uh, this guy, uh, Noddy, uh, Adrian Alston, has pedigree and, and a large amount of it and he's putting back into the local league and, and playing good football. So it must have been just extremely appealing to, to then go with the club. It was, but Bulleye, I think... Every year I played Bulleye, I was always there. I was always always knew that I was welcome back at Bulleye. Yep. They weren't one to a club to throw big money around. 
Um, I remember they were all Wollongong White Eagles at the time, Albion Park White Eagles now, but they, they were they were interested in me. Um, Northern United, they were around, they, Phil Carr, who was a good coach yeah. in his own right, he'd, they'd contacted me. I had a few offs, I'd, and I also went up and I trialled with Sutherland, okay. who were in State League 2, it was called at the time, um, and they, they wanted to sign me. And then, I, so I, I sort of, I spoke to these other clubs a little bit, just sort of sussed it out, and then um, I don't know why I, the difference was. I, put, I said I, I want to talk to Noddy, like because yeah. it was a club, it was uh, Vince Richelieu that approached yeah. me. So I said oh, I'd prefer to talk to coach. the coach, yeah, to sort of weigh up my options, and then um, yeah, for anyone that knows Noddy and the big personality and all that pedigree that you said he's got, he's, it's, it's not easy to say no to him. It was yeah, um, yeah so. Yeah, it was. I made the right decision. It was. Yeah, it was good to go down there. Well, they're a well-run club, and um, oh, absolutely. you know, people talk about um, the big money and whatnot. But what people tend to forget, um, and that I'm more interested in, is that when you've got a former Socceroo mm. um, that's that's played in, you know, Europe and and at a World Cup and North America as well, um, uh, that's uh, just as appealing, isn't it? Yeah, there's a lot to learn from someone like that. Um... And even so, like money-wise, Port Kembler, we, we were well looked after. But I think everyone in that side was offered more money, or other clubs, yeah. But you know, we were certainly up there. We were, like I said, well looked after. But um, yeah, just a really good culture around the place. Uh, and then when I when I actually got there and started training, it was it was a bit of a wake-up call for me. Like I sort of, I might have touched on it before. Those years of developing, say from. 17 through to 22 that I was at the time yeah. I, sort of, I would say I went backwards from 19 to thing but I sort of did, didn't carry on as much as I was. so I got to Port Kembler and the, and the training was the training was the games you'd have a training were harder than any game you'd play on a Saturday you know, against your teammates um, more intense again there's no referees everyone's fighting for a spot it's pretty cutthroat sort of stuff it was I won't mention names, but I've seen a couple of bust-ups at training that, you know, settles, it all yeah. settles down in good time. And, but, um, yeah, it's physical. Oh, guys like Rob Cazzoli, he, he was a strong man. <laughs> and uh, I remember oh, I sort of fancied myself in a bit of battle sort of stuff yeah. too, so I remember sort of trying, I'm going to serve it back up to him, and the, and the more I served it up to him, the more he liked it. And <laughs> sort of. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so the, I sort of got there and it was a bit of a wake-up call for me that I was off the pace yep. with them guys. Um, and what do you recall of that first year? Because, uh, uh, like you said, uh, uh, Phil Carr's Northern United ended up winning the league and, mm. and um, uh, people probably didn't really pick it, although they had some very good players. But, you know, um, Paul Kimball then, then did the business in the grand final. But what do you recall of the year yourself? Well, that year, like I said, I was, I was off the pace, but I was in the side. So yeah. I was, um, say, maybe first third of the season, I was in the side. And uh, I was struggling with a bit of a, a knee injury, nothing serious, but I was, I was struggling yeah. a little bit. And I, I knew once I got this, if I was out the side, I wasn't going to get back in in a hurry. You know, there was people knocking on the door. So I had a, a minor arthroscope on my right knee, and, and I didn't get back in the side. I was, I was there about, so I was, but I was yeah. playing reserve grade. I probably played more, res- well, I would have played more reserve grade that year. And there was also the thing leaving a club like Helensburg and the doubters. You know, yeah. come and say it to you. There, not much come out of but people from Bulleye. They wanted me to go there. They would have been doubting me. You know, strong club and that sort of stuff. So it, that was motivation to 
certainly stick it out. So I was playing reserve grade yep. out at Port that first year, always on the bench and coming off yep. the bench playing first grade and and um, improved the whole time. Like, the, like I said, the training, I, I could handle my own in a game for Port Kembla because I could find some space and play to be strengths and that sort of stuff. But we used to have these sessions at Port Kembla that was, say, four and four, yep. four on the outside of the square of possession and it was intense and pressing the ball, I'd, I'd never... I'd never come across that. It was <laughs> so it was a real adapt adapting to that for me. And um, yeah, so like I said, played reserve grade, all three grades. Port Kemba made the grand final, made the finals at the end of the year. So the semi final, right? I'm supposed to be going playing reserve grade. I can't remember where it was. Yep. Got a call on the Saturday morning. Um, nah, we need you for first grade. Someone's pulled out. I'm not even sure if I'm starting. Whatever. So first semi-final against Bulleye at, at Cringilla, yep. Korean Park, middle of the park, where I prefer to play, like I've been playing that for reserve grade, against my old club, Bulleye, and I haven't put a foot wrong, beat them 6-0. <laughs> <laughs> like, so then um, we've played the second semi-final to go into the grand final. Yep. We've played Northern United at Brandon Park number two, who won the league. Yep. And again, I've had another blinder. And I'm thinking, I've timed this run perfectly. I'm, I'm in the side <laughs> to play in the grand final here. About two minutes to go in that game, fractured ankle. So, yeah, missed out on the grand final that year. And, and like you said, there's um, when you talk about uh, players, you know, you're talking about Cazzoli, Polari, uh, Melando, Cario, um, Aaron O'Brien, Michael Clare, Polimonakis, Bonatig... Um, Pepe Stanitso, uh, Billy Glancy, uh, Robart, so... Dick Polimonakis, yeah, scored goal, so yeah. when you're saying I'm in reserve grade, it's you're still probably with three or two or three of those guys anyway, and, um, you know, training sessions were were quality, weren't they? Yeah. Well, it wasn't that year. The, it might have been a year or so after I was coming back from an injury. So I was playing in reserve grade, and I looked around. I'm, I'm sitting in the... This is before a reserve grade, and I'm sitting there... Zvonko Ulsbrecker, yep. uh, Aaron O'Brien, <laughs> young Adrian Olsten, all left-footed players too. It was unbelievable. Pepe Stinitza might have been like, this is a reserve grade side. It was unbelievable. <laughs> but, yeah, so every, every year it was, it was fighting for your spot. Every training session it was there. And, and, and for yourself, um, like you said, you, you probably, uh, people might not think that, but at, at an IPL level it, it was probably one of the best run clubs for a, for a long period of time and, and, and you're learning not just from mm. from Adrian Noddy the coach but you're, you're learning from all these other players that have had all this experience elsewhere as well Jock Molendo um, yeah just a leader yep. Minio Bonatig the best player of I, I can't believe he, he never played for Australia he had a lot of injuries and stuff sort of thing but technically just so good so professional attitude and everything as well um yeah, Polari, Youth International. This is this is all just um, Andrew Ravenello coming up from Canberra, yeah. NSL. Uh, what a player he was. And so, what did uh, it's, it, it's an interest to me that, uh, or I'm curious about how does the how did the team dynamic work? Uh, you've indicated how it worked on the training paddock, but but who was a jock more so, or who were the leaders out in the pitch when um, everyone did their job? <coughs> And everyone coming off the bench knew what to do. I'm imagining, but you know, who were the leaders out in the field? I'd say definitely Jock, yep. and and then Minio. Minio, yep. yeah. Jock was uh, very professional. 
um, no one's sort of no one clowned around like that level. Yeah. No one's clowned around and it's it's really intense. Everyone because you're fighting for your spot all the time. And uh, many are more just probably leading by example. Yep. Although you know many could give you a bollock too if if anyone. But it's not like too many people need in that team. It's yeah, it's just a, a really professional attitude. And is that is that appealing? Because I guess it is. You can go two you, ways with it. You're training. You're I guess, you know, your commute to training's a bit longer than others, mm. so that must have been appealing that you're, you know, it's worth the travel because you're getting a good set, good sessions during the weekend and good game time as well. Yeah, so you realise, these training sessions you're improving, you can, me, I've improved so much in that first year, like I said, when I first got there, I didn't realise how bad a player I was, I was, I was like, <laughs> I've gone backwards here, and then, so you can go two ways with it, see the two tough way, or you can sort of thrive on it and improve, and that's what... That's what I sort of I did, I guess. I just kept on working at it, working at it. And, and, and what about Adrian as a coach? Because uh, you've had him, and we'll talk a, a little bit about where you, you played under him at Bolo later on as well, but mm. uh, what is he like in terms of, uh, I guess a lot of people know through different articles and, and podcasts and interviews what he's like as his experiences as a player, but what about as, as a manager slash coach? Uh, how was he? Um, his training sessions were pretty basic to be fair yep. but good though like there was no no standing around talking or anything like that it was yep. here there bang, short sharp bang that's while you're there you won't waste the time um, yeah probably weren't that technical or they didn't need to be you had that had the players there you, yep. yeah there's sort of fitness sort of stuff you get that from the intensity of the training session so if you want to do extra which I, I was doing you know that's that's up to you to do in your time, not his. Yeah. Um, as a motivator, brilliant. Yeah. Like, walk out there feeling ten foot tall. Sometimes there was a, there was one game. I wasn't. I was in the dugout. I wasn't on the team. I must have been injured or something like that. And we were playing poorly. Well, the team was playing poorly. I wasn't in, but I was I was over at the dugout when he walked back out. And sometimes a team might need a, a bollocking at halftime. Like yep. a game. And there was one game there. And he come back out and he goes, I've never sm- spoke so much garbage in my life. Like, he just went and lied to them, told them how good they were, built them up and everything <laughs> like that. And the team come out, and it was, was like a different team coming out. He just, he, so he, he, he knew how to read a game, yep. knew what a team needed, whether it was to be told off or to be built up or, or things like that. Um, yes, but as, as a motivator, some of the things, like he said to us before, yeah, like they come to mind, um, You's got you. You's that good. You's got yourself in this position. You used to put the target on the back. Don't don't look at me. Use so you. So now you go out there and deal with it. So you yeah. You're, everyone's really yeah motivated to play for him. And and training wasn't a like his training sessions. Like I said, they were short and sharp. Yep. So you sort of left wanting that little bit more. Yep. So instead of front up on the weekend, and I've I've had this with some coaches. You front up on the weekend, and and they're talking too much to you and telling you things you already know or whatever. Whereas not he was. Said saying what needs to be said, yeah. not more, not less. Um, yeah, you front up the weekend, want more, you're ready to go. <laughs> so yeah, he, he had a pretty good balance like that. And and what about the the club itself? Because uh, you know, winning was a I guess a, an attitude there, and and um, you know there were other good clubs at the time that had quality players as well. But Port seemed to you know win the trophies more often than not. It was a great committee and and. Uh, sort of supporters and volunteers weren't they? Hard, really hard working committee um, and if you're a hard working as a player, which I, I was they could see that, they appreciated that 
Um, yeah, so I was really, I was accepted really well into Port. And there was other players that went there that, that didn't work out for them because there's a big turnover players at a club like that. But yeah, it didn't always work out for everyone there. But they were probably the ones that weren't willing to work hard for it. So yep. yeah, if they, if they seen you were hard working and even if you didn't play that well, you know, they'd appreciate that. Um, yeah, but if, if you're slacking off and you're not getting the results, then there's, there's pressure coming from them too. But, and, and that's fair enough. They're all putting in the hard work off the park and, and we were well looked after as players. Like, not the highest paid, like I said, but well paid. Um, and as far as facilities and training gear and whatever, and going back to the club, yep. food, drinks, real family sort of atmosphere, they were good. You had those three seasons there where, um, you know, winning trophies pretty much uh, regularly and, and playing with some quality players. So um, I think it was in the, the 2002 season you, you made the decision to go back to the eye and, and go back to Balls Paddock. Uh, what was the thinking there? The season before at Paul Kembler, um, I'd had an injury. It was probably the, the year, in my third season there, where I'd, the year before we won the, won the league in the grand final. Yeah, the double. And to be fair, like I went alright, but Port still would have won, whether I was there or not, Port still would have won that league and, yeah. and grand final. The third year, started off playing really well, had a, had a bit of an injury, um, and, the, and the team's going well again, so I didn't come straight back in the side, but I was playing well, I was happy with how I was playing, got, really, got myself really fit. So by the time the end of the season, I'm back in the side, playing well, final series, I'm super fit. Anyway, we've come up against Coniston in the grand final at Cringilla. We were down, I think it was like, we were down 3 down in the first 10 minutes. Yeah, it, might have seemed. it was early goals. Was, yeah. Anyway, I'm, I'm still right up for it. I'm, we, it might have been 4-0 at half-time or something. But I, I'm second half, like I said, I was super fit. And I'm, I'm right up for this challenge of going out. And <laughs> anyway, he took me off about five minutes into the second half. And I was... So that, like, sometimes you get dropped and you, yeah. you know, you take it on the chin. You deep down, if you're honest with yourself, you know, you, you, yeah. fair enough. You, that one hurt, yeah. and and then, uh, like, as I've mentioned before, I think Bulleye was. I'd always stayed cl- pretty close with Bulleye, really yeah. good club, and I was always welcome back there. So I went back to Bulleye the following season. Yeah, it might have been a bit of a knee-jerk reaction because that year with Bulleye, the, the club wanted me back there, and they had Bruce Till. Yeah. I don't think Bruce too, even knew who I was or really cared. So it was more a case of the club wanted me, but the coach wasn't that fast. So, yeah, that season. And, and you've been through a season uh, in 98 where Helensburg had been down the bottom. And so um, you're in a relegation battle all year, that year in 2002 with Bulleye. So um, uh, what, what was it like for you to sort of, the year before, you're, you're playing trophies and this year you're sort of playing for your own status in the league yeah it was it was a bit of a it was a coming back down to earth to be fair went there and we had some good Dean Heffernan was in that side yep. he went on to play for a couple of games for Australia yeah. um, and a really good A-league career um, Luke Zadkovic Rod Patterson was still there of course yeah, there's some quality in the team Gary Ashburn was there <laughs> but when I looked at the players I was surprised at yeah. how you just got relegated yeah and there were some guys in there as well that it's, I don't want to be disrespectful. Anyway. There's some guys in there that never played first grade Premier League before that, yep. and never played first grade Premier League anywhere after that. that. And I ended up playing left fullback at a few times in, in that side and shifted around, and just never really 
Bruce was a nice, really nice bloke and everything, and he, he did have, he actually coached Ellensburg to a success at one stage. Yeah. So yeah, it, you know, sometimes you fit in the club, sometimes you don't, and it didn't work out well for Bruce at, at Bullo either, obviously getting relegated. But um, yeah, that that uh, was a real dint to your pride going back to Bulleye and being a senior player in that side. Yeah. You know, I had a bit of pedigree and had a couple of grand finals behind me by that stage. And um, yeah, getting relegated, that that hurt. And the only, the only highlight of that season was, the, I, I guess, built a bit of a bridge with Noddy because he had the Illawarra side yeah. that season. And we went down to Canberra and played, you know, played against Canberra and Newcastle. And, Played in Canberra and I had a really good game. Got me in the match down there. We we beat them four 0 So yeah, it was a hard decision to go back to Bull. I get them relegated and then walk out on them. It was probably the hardest thing in football I've, I've done. Yeah. And thankfully they went back to first division one at the next year and come straight back up. Because yeah, yeah, they don't. That's not where they deserve to be. Yeah, and I was part of the team that put them there. So yeah, it was it was a, yeah it was a rotten sort of place to be in. And and it would have been um, like I said, they've had. Probably since the 80s onwards, and it's been sort of four decades worth of success, and maybe only a couple of poor seasons, and that being one of them. So, mm. did you notice around the club with the committee and that that they were in a sort of unusual situation? They were, and yeah, but they they, they were good to me. Like there was yes. there was, um, and even after that, like I ended up playing there later on. So they didn't they didn't begrudge me that, that yeah. I went back to playing. Uh, back in the Premier League, they understood my decision. Um, yeah, it was, I don't know, it might have been a little bit of a wake-up call for them too as far as um, who they got into coaching and that because they've yeah. been, you know, they, they really kicked Switched on after on. that. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah, I don't, they didn't, certainly didn't deserve me back in first year, but they, like, I'm, I was so glad to see them even though <laughs> I wasn't playing for them. I, was, I still followed them, obviously. So glad to see them come straight back up. Well, I guess in the space of that sort of uh, 12 to 18 months, you sort of the last game sometimes sticks in the memory, and, and mm-hmm. that one for Port where you're taken off at half time in the grand final, you go back to Bulleye and then you play Bulleye, and then the next year you're back at Port, but you're still thinking of Bulleye because yeah. you played with them the year before. It's it's funny the way a player's mind works, isn't it? Mm. Uh, you did go back to Port Kembla in 2003, so um, obviously, like you said, you'd had the Illawarra squad to sort of, I guess, prove yourself again and you had no issues with Noddy, so it was pretty much uh, uh, yeah. seamless going back to the club? Yeah, it was, walked straight back in. Um, yep. And that year with Bulleye too, it kind of refreshed me a bit because there's a bit of travel from here to Port Kembla too, so yeah. it, it kind of refreshed me a little bit. Um, and Port, had, Port, they ended up winning the grand final the year that I was away, but they didn't. They were sort of lucky to get there. They didn't have the best season themselves. So they recruited really strongly that following year. Um, I got myself super fit. Yep. Uh, and then I I had a... What was it on my knee, I think? I had an operation on my knee. Yep. So it was one of them years where I was, um, you know, like I said, really strong side. And I never... I was always in first grade, but I never wasn't consistently starting that sort of thing. So that might have been the year I was talking about when we were sitting on the... You know, I played reserve yeah. for Zonko and that really, just a really strong side. So, from memory, we won the league and we beat Dapto in the grand final. Yeah. And I was on the bench in the grand final, sitting next to Matt Bailey on the bench for Port Kembla. That's that's an indication of how strong that side yeah, is. Yeah, it, it must be. Um, uh, and, and how does Noddy do? Um, is the grand final team selected on the Thursday or 
or and people pretty much knew or I think I think I think Bales found out that the day of the day of yeah well, I knew because I'd sort of been Bales had been playing regular that's the way it was it's you know when you're in a side like that and it's so strong you get, you sort of just got to take it on the chin. That's that's where you're at. You're playing in the big big club yeah. like that, big good side, and then um, yeah, so you just sort of wear that. And 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 Noddy, you then had him in um, uh, uh, 2004 as well um, at Port. But at the end of that year, he uh, uh, took another uh, coaching opportunity with the Wolves. Mm. Um, uh, how was that transition? Um, it sort of interests me that you have such. Uh, a sustained period of of one bloke being at the helm and the committee as well and and sort of you'd been there for part of that so and finished that was our strongest year ever yeah 2004 was the year between the nsl and the a-league start yeah so every club down there had an nsl player or two in their side um or someone was going into the a-league we had dominic longo coming and playing (laughs) with us and that was as that was my best year yep that was you know, I'd had good seasons at Port where, you know, we'd won trophies and that sort of thing. And you know, if I wasn't there, they probably would have got someone to do my job. That year, I was, I was an integral part of the team. Yeah. Was, more than any other, anyway. I felt I was player of the year and players play and everything. And then we won the won the league, won the grand final four 0 against a really good picking side yeah. at Brandon Park. Big crowd. It was yeah, that was the best year of my yeah, life. I think you might have even got a goal in the the grand. Final. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scored the fourth goal in that grand final. Yeah, and then the. Um, yeah, so Port Cam was off a really big high, really big high for me. And then, um, yeah, the Wolves have offered Noddy the coaching job, and he's gone there. So. And was that a shock to you? No, did not. People, did people know that it may happen? Um, I, I don't know if there was much writing on the wall or sort of what, but when it when it came out, it wasn't really a shock. Like, yeah. you probably deserved it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was it was dint in Port Kembla. Um so yeah, there was a few players from Port Kembla went with him too, quite a few. So. And, and for yourself, uh, you don't seem much of a, a man for, for accolades, but it, it must be um, you know at that club with the squad that they had to to win um, uh, player of the year must have been pretty good in two thousand and four. But to, to win players player, uh, I think uh, people that might not play the sport um, probably don't understand the value of a, a players player vote. It, you know, I always at my club, I always gave it some serious thought when you were mm. voting. So um, during the year, so for you, were you pretty stoked to, to receive that from your peers? Yeah, I remember a guy up here, Bob Proudfoot, put on players player at Helmsburg when I was 19. And I, I still remember Bob Proudfoot, he was the president of the Workers Club. He was actually a, a friend of the, the family. I, know he, I played with his son. Yeah. Um, but I still remember when he, he presented that, he said, there's no bigger accolade than that from your peers. Yeah. And so that, yeah, so that's sort of I, that, I, remember, I remember him saying that. So yeah, it's that's you know, the biggest compliment you can get is from your yeah, your teammates. It means more than you know, I don't know who's picking players, yeah. player match awards from the sidelines. But if if your teammates recognise it, yeah, it's it sort of seems more. Yeah. And and for yourself, you had a another um, a couple of seasons there at Port. Um, you know the the place obviously was different. Harry Satin took over and tough gig. And um, you know it's always hard. It's sort of like uh, I guess uh, being a bridesmaid at the wedding. You know you're never gonna beat the bride. So um, uh, how did Harry take it? And, and I'm assuming the 
professionalism of the committee and the, and the playing group meant that he's still put in 110%. Yeah, so he, Harry brought some new players in. Um, in he, he was he was a really good player in his in his yeah. own right in his day, Harry. He, he, I think he coached Bougainy before he came yeah, to... Yeah, and he coached Coniston in the early 90s from yeah, First Division yeah. to... So I, I remember him, he, that he coached Bougainy. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it was always going to be big shoes to fill for him at Port Kembla. Um, yeah, he brought some younger players in that, again, they're sort of them players that hadn't really done much. That's fine. But, but they didn't do much at Port Kembla and the, the roles that he gave them. My, my role actually went from being the, an integral part of the middle of the park at Port Kembla and played me on the left again and yep. sort of a little bit more out of the engine room. And it was So, we, yeah, the results weren't there. We sort of battled. And then uh, I think it was, say, midway through his second season at Port Kembla, he, um, he, he got moved on and replaced yep. by John Fleming. And um, uh, how was John uh, for the time that um, the rest of that time, I think, in the 2006 season? Yeah, he was. I don't know if I was one of his type of players. Yep. Um, again, I. It was funny him coming in. It was a big call him coming in too because he'd coached Kembla Warra for years. Yeah. And Port Kembla. Yeah, Kembla Warra was a big role. Yeah, it was always a battle. Anyway, sort of different sort of playing styles as you're going to get. Um, yeah. Anyway, it was always going to be tough for me to leave Port Kembla. Yeah. Anyway, he left me out of the side in a. In a semi-final, um, I, I might have been coming back from injury or something. Not, I can't yeah. remember the exact details of it, but I wasn't. I didn't start. Anyway, we were playing Bulloy, who in the meantime, Noddy's gone over to coach at <laughs> Bulloy, and he didn't bring, even bring me on off the bench. I didn't get used, unused substitute. Ultimate insult, really. Um, <laughs> so, uh, to be fair, I'd, I'd, to be fair to Flem, I'd, I'd probably my professionalism probably waned a little bit. I'd, yeah. You know, with the club. Not much, I was still, but um, he, I don't know, he might have seen that and it made my exit from Port Kembla easier anyway. Like, yep. the, the committee could have certainly understand, like, they brought in the coaching and were not part of his plans. And it was, yeah, it was, so it was, I think, uh, every, like, as with Bulleye, when I'd, I'd left there and I left Port Kembla, I left on good terms. Yep. So, um, yeah, it was, it worked out all right in the end for me anyway. And uh, back to quickly before we talk about your return to, to Bulleye with Noddy. Where do you think those uh, rivalries, sort of Paul Kemba, Kembawara, even Paul Kemba, Kono and Kono and Kembawara, where do you think they come about? Do you think it's just the top teams really wanting to... It can to come about from one dog? game. It can come about yep. from one game, like a tackle can set it off, I reckon. Yep. Um, I remember Coniston absolutely giving it to Shorty Williams in one grand final because of a tackle. He got in a bit of a, a battle with uh, Lado Stribanovsky and... Yep. And, and sort of got the fans up in arms. And, and, and that sort of thing can set it off for <laughs> seasons to come, I reckon. Um, yeah, Kembla Warra, Kembla Warra, good crowd. Like, the, the grounds are 500 metres apart or probably something. Are they not? <laughs> yeah, pretty close, anyway. Um, yeah, so that, good sides. Um, they, had a few, they always had a few guys that were um, real sort of spoilers, you know. They'd turn the game into a, a fight if they could. <laughs> to sort of put you off, so um, that sometimes that was our that was our tactic. Yep. We Port Kembla, like, we know what it's going to be. They want to turn into a battle, go out, win the fight in the first five minutes, 
then settle down and let your let your football do the talking. But don't don't go out and let them intimidate you in the first yeah. five minutes. You know, make sure you win that first. You know, that first tackles a always usually a bone crunch and sort of one. And, <laughs> Yeah, and that yeah, it was and that was a good thing about that them Paul Kemmler sides. As far as being able to play, everyone was up for a battle too. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. They'd fight people, you for it. people that watched it would know, but it, I guess looking back historically, uh, people just see I guess trophy wins, good football team, but you were a tough team as well. Yeah, could, well, could match it with anyone. Minio Bonatti, like I mentioned before, the technically best player I've come across, but he was tough too. You know, his his whole career he he'd been battered, so yeah. he knew how to look after himself too. So yeah, and I was Shorty Williams, Rob Casale there, and Jock Molando. He was tough. He was he was there in my early port career. Yeah. Um, Michael Clare, he, yeah, he'd he'd love a tackle. Kane McAvee, yeah, all. And do you think, um, uh, although people might move on at clubs, that that some of their uh, I guess. Their intensity of training, their attitudes sort of stick around. It's Absolutely. Like Jock, for example. Yeah. You know, and then people come in, and, and you'd seen it there for a period of time, that, yeah. and you add to it yourself. Yeah. Well, I, I, I certainly like to think so. I, I, I like to think I've left a bit of it at Helensburg after. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, definitely. And and for yourself, uh, Bulai, you, you then rejoined them uh, in in two thousand and seven. So it was a pretty easy decision based on what you said about um, the latter part of that time with uh, Port in 2006 and, and Noddy being at, at Bulloy? Mm, yeah, good. Again, it was you know, good coach, good side, great club. Um, yeah, well, back in there, welcome with open arms. It was, it was good. Loved it. And, and what about um, him uh, at a different club? Had he changed in any way or pretty much? Uh, he, he does what he always does. Short, sharp sessions, great motivator and, and a good reader of the game. That was always the same, um, especially the first couple of seasons. And then to, there was, it might have been my third season there, I can't remember. It was sort of all blended into one another a little bit. <clears throat> we, we made a couple of grand finals, didn't, didn't win any of them, um, yeah. which was a real sore point for Bulleye for like 32 years they went with the other yeah 86 that was their last one yeah so it was um, yeah we never won a grand final with them we made a couple and then got beaten so um, yeah it got so close and, and by that to- time too Dan Lewis was really yeah. you know, that real powerhouse big big team. money yeah internationals playing for them that's, so we were always there about but just never got across the line so that was um yeah, that was the toughest part about it. But it was just really good being back at Bulldog. Like, great facilities, good club, well coached. Yeah. And uh, although we'll come back to it and, and talk a bit about uh, your coaching or player coaching and whatnot when you went back to the Berg, was it, was it a, a good good thing to see that when um, Bulldog ended up winning the grand final a, a couple of years ago and sort of erasing that sort of so-called hoodoo from, from not winning it, Oh, for me it was unreal because my yeah. son played in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was man. He was man of the match in the grand final, yeah. and he scored as well. So, yeah, that was. That, was that great. must have been, a, I guess, not just a proud day as a as a dad, but but in terms of being a former player there yeah. and, and missing some opportunities yourself in grand finals with yeah. him that, oh, that was, then was finished and you were a part of it. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It was like I made my own little contribution because of my son that played. In it. <laughs> yeah, so I'll, I'll take a little bit of credit for that where I can get it. But yeah, no, nah, that was. That was great. Um, just for the people in that club to, to see him enjoy that win. Yeah. It, was, yeah, it was so thoroughly deserved. I'm, I'm very much a, 
you win the league and that's the most important thing. But I can I can understand that after a period of so long yeah. where you've had opportunities and missed them, that it then just stays in the mind. That's funny, isn't it? Like winning the league is the is the ultimate accolade, but for some reason the grand finals is the biggest party. But, and, <laughs> but I, I don't know. It's 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 not the traditional sort of thing as far as football goes around the world, but. It's Australian. It's good. I, I like it. It's yeah. Yeah, it definitely is a, a different flavour to football that you don't get around the world. And and I guess at Paul Kemba that that was always the case. You just win the league. You just wouldn't celebrate too hard, and then you just focus on this final series. The, the league winning. They, at Paul Kemba, they called the Scudetto. Yeah. It was. Um, yeah. That that was the. So it's a bit different. Then. That was the first and foremost. That's what we yeah. wanted to do. Yeah. So, and then, like I said, the grand final was a, a good party. At Port Kemble, the parties weren't as big as what they were at Bulloy or Helensburg, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess there's uh, those sort of parties we, we really can't get into on the podcast. Um, uh, you finished up your time there at, um, at Bulloy. Uh, when, you, when you did do that, um, were you always thinking that you were going to go into coaching? Or, or when no. you went back to Helensburg in 2010, how did that move come about in your mind? Well, I'd had, I'd had a pretty major ankle surgery when I was at Bulloy. Yep. Um, and I'd actually retired. I, was, I, I went up to Noddy at a training session and I was, I was that sore. I'd, I'd come back from the ankle injury, but I couldn't really get going. I, yep. I had to walk across the park. That was the start of my warm-up. Anyway, I just said, mate, I can't do this anymore. Anyway, so that was midway through the season. So I retired, I pulled the pin. Because um, yeah. that's 2009, is it? Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, I'm, I'm keeping. I, I, was, I just stayed away from football altogether. I didn't yep. never go and watch. It was too tough. But then I sort of keeping nine things from a distance. And Bull Eyes make the grand, the, the finals in the first reserves, the youth grade. Anyway, talking to players, and they were short on numbers for reserve grade. And I said, "You still registered? You want to?" I said, "Oh well, I've, I've had I've had <laughs> four months off from the ankle. Yeah, I'll come and play reserve grade for you." Anyway, I played fairly well into um, reserve grade semi-finals. Noddy says, <laughs> you're in first grade for the, the grand final. Wow. Anyway, um, I was on the bench, of course, yeah. against Andalou and we got beat. I think we got beat 4-0 then, too. So that was my last game for Bulleye. It was a 4-0 grand final defeat, but it was, um, yeah, it, was, it was good to be part of the grand final sort of thing again. And then, yeah, so Helens, Helensburg come up. I'd been coaching my sons yep. up here. And... Um, They'd been having a few tough years, Helensburg. There was, they told me there was, a, within the town, you know, you got 50 registered players in your club, but there was only four of them were local, the rest wow. were. And the, and the coach they had was from out of town, and I think he was moving on. So there was, a, they were in danger of losing, like, all their players. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know how, if it was, it was put to me that they were going to maybe fold and just go back to playing amateurs. I don't know how if that was just like, a bit of a bait yeah, to yeah. get me or not. John Blanche, <laughs> I, I, I'll come over here and meet him. And, um, yeah, he told me that. And I thought, oh, we can't have that. And, um, yeah, so I, I didn't have any aspirations to really yep. do it at that stage, I don't think. But, anyway, that, the time sort of presented itself, so I took it on. And, and it was a, a pretty good season that initial year for you. It ended up being third behind... Uh, Bowgani and Kaima, so... Um, yeah, you, you'd done well about Bowgani. Yeah, yeah, but it, you took to it, I guess, pretty well in, in, in a results sense, but how was it during the season? Were you playing and coaching as well? I was player coaching, yeah. Um, 
it was it was tough player coach and it was probably didn't give enough you, know, you don't realize when you're a player it's sort of it can be sort of mentally draining coaching yeah. so you're trying to say you're front up here to watch youth graders play and reserve grade play and then yeah. you want you want to, and by the time first grade comes you're anything and I'm, I'm i'm all right to coach but i'm mentally i'm a bit sort of i'm not <laughs> up for this anyway i done that we had a we had a pretty good year we made the finals um what did you say we finished third that year yeah, yeah. so that was and that I don't think Ellensburg made the finals for, it might have been five years, seasons or something like that. They were doing it pretty tough. Um, I managed to get some good players, bought Gary Ashburn out of, out of retirement. <laughs> I, I don't know how old he was at that stage. I, was, I would have been 30, 34, so Gary would have been 38, 39. He's, yeah. he's older than me. Um, yeah, he come back, done a good job. I got Matt Radney, managed to get Matt Radnich from uh, Winoon. He was, he was probably playing in the Premier League, yeah, he's, he's, he's a local a boy, player. one of Winuna's best players and I managed to coach him up here and um, Grant McDonald who would play NSL and all yeah. that sort of stuff, he, he come down, we ended up, it sort of, it sort of just kept on, it snowballed a little bit, you know, you get a few blokes in and, and I think they liked the training sessions and it, and it was all, it was, um, it was a change of culture because yeah. Allensburg's always had this, probably know Helensburg's always had this thing about oh you know tough up here and yeah we talk about it regularly it's like we don't want to come up here sometimes yeah. and especially cold winter's day I think that the club the, the playing culture had lost its way a little bit with that they're like yeah. it's all right being tough but you still got to be a good footballer yeah I think they when I walked in they gone a little bit oh we're tough and not worry so much about the football whereas so I, I changed that culture and yeah. um you know there was someone complained about referees I, I I echoed naughty heaps, like same things yep. I was saying to him was like, saying to him, I don't care if we get a bad referee decision, we will be that good that we will still find a way to win and all this sort of motivational yep. building people up and a lot of the time I was, I might have been, you know, lying to them, like building it, telling <laughs> them how they, but they, they, you know, they believed it and they started to fulfil it, I guess, yeah. And, uh, I guess from a, a personal level, was it what is satisfying to see that the club was then, I guess, in front of your eyes, changing, and then what you'd have been a part of um, many years ago because you hadn't been at the club for mm. a period of time that it was starting to change, and and it was a positive change. It was good coming back in here. Like I, I remember, I come to their presentation night from the season before I took yeah. over, like that, and they they'd announced me as the coach for next season, and I and I said it's you know I hope I've been here something like. Was it ten years or something like that? Yeah. And um, there were still people from the committee were still there, so it was, it was and it was good to see them, and I acknowledge that. And yeah, it sort of snowballed, and we ended up with a few pretty good sides. But the the most rewarding thing was like I remember playing. You, you, we had four thirty kickoffs up here yeah. at the time, and uh, not in the first season so much or the set. By the time the third season came around, we were playing really good football. Yeah, you it was were. it was really good. I, I was sitting there. I was enjoying it more coaching than what I was playing. It was like, you know, everyone's got a everyone's got their idea, I guess, on how football should be played and their style. Yeah. I prefer to see it played. And I'm, I was sitting there watching that honestly, and I'm thinking, yeah, well, I'm happy to put my hand up for that. That's yeah, it was it was really good. And uh, it does translate um, off the pitch as well, doesn't it? Because uh, it's a magnificent facility here. We're in the club rooms at the moment recording this, and and so you would probably see that translate on the field to off the field where committee supporters players are sort of mingling in a in a positive way and and that must yeah. have been refreshing as well well you go back to what i was saying about that you know they sort of lost their way a bit with the the style of football the culture yeah. around the place where it was a battle so 
put it this way, you, you come over here on a Saturday afternoon, what do you want to watch being involved in a battle? Like you're sitting here watching something that's, you know, that's, you know, we're into the referee, we're into, we're blooming with the, you know, the other supporters, all that sort of stuff where you're over here and you're, or you're enjoying the football and you're in a good mood. And, so that's sort of become on that. So people, that's my take on it anyway. People yeah. want to be involved in a little bit more. And, yeah, so. Because it culminated in that, um, uh, even though the other years were great as well, the 2013 year, crowned league champions of mm-hmm. the uh, Illawarra Credit Union District League. So um, that must have been uh, sort of years in the making, I guess, from your perspective, but a great thing for yourself and the club and the players. Yeah, really enjoyed it. And, and like I said, the way we, we done it, it was, it was just really good to watch. Um, yeah, it's just some of the, the players that we had that, that come from when I first come here and was, people saying, oh, yeah, he's, he's not that good and he's, he's bad on that. And... I've seen a lot of potential in them. They, to, see, to see the players fulfil that potential, and um, yeah, it was it was really more rewarding than what I would have, I've, you know, would have imagined. And and some of those players uh, have obviously gone on to to bigger and better things as well. Uh, yeah, well, it's it's funny now. Like Luke Van Zyl, I, I give him his debut up here, and he's he's doing really. He's just moved on to Bulleye last yeah. year. He's doing really well down there. Um, it's funny. I went and watched him yesterday, and there was a. There's a. He's not a kid anymore. He was a kid when I came here ten years ago. Adam Johnson. I gave him his his debut in, in uh, first grade, and he, he moved to England for come back and because of the whole COVID thing, he's back in Australia now, and he, so he's. I think he's thirty years old now, <laughs> and he's. I'm watching him play yesterday with. There's a couple of kids that are. I might have coached, you know, from come through with Harry yes. and then there's a couple of kids at the Berg that Harry was playing under 13s at Southern that are all playing for Helensburg now so I've sort of got this link you know I've seen these yeah. kids grow up with me sons and there's a, a guy there or a couple of guys there that I've coached really so yeah I really enjoyed that going to watch him again yesterday and and for yourself um, uh, was it just a natural progression for you when you, you finished up uh, coaching coaching that you said look I'm done or I've done all I can here it was more um my work situation, I, was, I, was, I started to travel a little bit for work, <clears throat> so that made it a little bit tough, but yeah, I sort of fell into the coaching because I was coaching my sons, and yep. then uh, I took on the Helensburg job because uh, I, was, I guess it was in the back of my mind, something I'd like to do, yep. and then I'd done it, and then I, I, you want to obviously go and watch your sons play too, so yeah. they're playing you know, in Sydney or whatever like that, wherever they, they were at the time, so... Yeah, sort of just moved on from it, and then um, they actually got me back because Paul Mickle, my coach, one year, and then I think Brod Crichton, they had yep. him for a season or two, and that finished up mid-season, so I finished off the season for when um, Brod moved on, and then I sort of you know, got out of it. Clearly, Brad Boardman come in, coached yep. up here, was a really good fit for him for, I think he might have been here three or four years, yeah. and um, yeah, now they've got Andrew Payne up here coaching. Who, who, I, who played under me when I was coaching here. Really good pedigree. You know, comes from a real football family. Um, yeah, so they're in a really good place at the moment, Helmsburg. So um, for yourself, um, uh, you spoke about your, your sons and, and your kids and coaching them. So um, is that the sort of uh, joy that you get at the moment that you've then watched them progress in their careers? And, and, oh, and, and, yeah. and Harry, obviously, you spoke about him with at Bulleye and, and what he's done there but he also uh, 
is successful in his own right in the NPL as well. Yeah, well, um, yeah, he, he had that two seasons with Bulleye where he won two league titles and the yep. grand final for him. Yeah, that broke the 32-year drought <laughs> we spoke about. Um, then he moved on to the to the Wolves. Yep. Um, you know, had a good season, won the league, the NPL, New South Wales NPL there. And then he was he unlucky. He, he fractured his eye socket. He, he missed out on the final series of the New South Wales ones, but he got back for the national series, which yep. they won that. They beat Brisbane. So he, he's moved on to RP now. And then I've got my younger son, um, Joe, who playing youth grade up here. Ben Hollensburg now, so that's I went down to watch him yesterday. And, oh, cool. Um, yeah, so he's a good little player too. So yeah, enjoying watching him play, part of the Berg sort of thing. He'll probably work his way up through the ranks, I guess. And um, yeah, it's good. And and yourself, you still uh, in the last few years have had a kick around with the Hogs. Um, uh, that was, uh, I guess, maybe not fun on the body, but it would have been, I, I guess, good to to play with, uh, you know. Likes of Trent Lark, Brad Bell, um, Greg Rendell, and Shane Duffy, Gary Ashburner. So that that must still give you a little bit of joy that you've done that as well. Yeah, well, that, yeah, I don't know if you know. Over the last few years, 35s, I've sort of retraced my footsteps. I've actually played for the Hogs, the Helensburg over 35s. I had a year with Bulleye over 35s, and I had two seasons with Port Pumas as well. <laughs> sort of catching up. I'm going around catching up with all my old teammates, I guess. But um, yeah, last year I won a grand final, Port Pumas, and over 35s, yeah. and I. I think that's it. It's just getting body's holding up all right. Yeah. Like we're certainly not getting around like I'd, I'd like to, but um, just time-wise, you sort of find yourself. There's other things that comes up, you know, work. But you know, the opportunity comes up. You, you're going to go watch your sons play, or you're going to play yourself. I'm yeah. going to go watch my sons play every time. Yeah, definitely. And and for yourself, um, uh, although the the sons are the focus now, um, is there ever a thought in your mind? Um, in a few years' time, to, to get back into the coaching ranks, or, or you, you've done what you've done there, and you're pretty happy with that. It's still there a little bit. Um, yeah. Me and Chad Bishop, a former teammate of Port Kembla, we um, we talked about doing the Port Kembla job a couple of years ago. It didn't it didn't pan out, but yeah. the, the thought was there. Yeah, I don't know if the right fit comes up, and you know things are right time in my life. Uh, yeah, yeah, sort of. Learn to never say never because I keep backtracking. And sort of, the game's hard to get away from, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's definitely addictive. Well, Matt, I'd like to sincerely thank you for uh, uh, letting me come up to Helensburg and, and talk about your journey and, and the people and um, the clubs that you've been with. It's it's been uh, truly fascinating, and and I really respect the the time and and your memories that you've shared with uh, myself and everyone else that listens to this. So thank you. No, thank you. It's, it's been really good for me to reminisce. I'll, uh, yeah, I've enjoyed it. Thanks. Thanks, Matt. Thanks again for listening and downloading episode 61. I sincerely appreciate it. Sincere thanks to Matt for the time he spent recounting his journey in the game. I'm your host Travis, goodbye for now.